offering information for your mind, enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome to another episode of SSU. I'm Phil Riley, and today we're discussing with Milan, Mars, and Gina. And I think this is going to be really good because this is about Peter and the controversy, which first off, to me, it doesn't make any sense. So I think we can make some sense of it. But before we do that, why don't we have prayer? Milan? Definitely. Spireheads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have to go deep into your word and please guide our conversation and help us to um, bless others through this uh, journey through Peter. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Let's start very basic just to discuss or figure out who is Peter so that we all know what we're t who we're talking about. Well, we know him as one of Jesus' disciples, one of the main disciples you think of when, he, when you think of the 12. He's one of the key players. I think of two things. I think of um, his denial of Jesus, and I think of him walking on water. Those are like the two things that jump out to me when you say Peter. And that's like me too, because I immediately when I hear the name Peter, I picture like this guy falling into water. Oh, that's, that's, oh, man. That's, that's immediately what I think of. But the first half of that story is him walking on right. water. I know. Like, right to the... like, absolutely. I mean, he was the only one that got out of the boat in the story. That's true. That's no, and that's, that's the thing that, that really catches me, because in the Gospels, I feel like Peter is this like faith juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. Even though he shows a lot of doubts Doubt, yeah. and he shows his, his errors. It's similar for me. I think walking on water is one of the first ones, but honestly, the first thing that comes up to me whenever I think about Peter is in Acts when um, him and John are going to the temple and they see that guy the, um, who's like lame, I think. I can't remember. But, um, mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't, I don't have anything to give you, but what I can give you, I will give you. Walk. And then. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to just be like, I don't know that if it's your awesome. problem, but let me just try. <laughs> I also think of, wasn't he the one who cut off someone's ear mm -hmm. when, when Jesus was, was arrested? arrested? Like, he was always, no, yeah, impulsive yeah. and had that temper. So he was one of the most... Very action-oriented. Yeah, and he saw his flaws he's a more, like his flaws were more documented, so he's almost more relatable. He's not just like this big and, saint. And, and in spite of all of all of that, he always had good intentions. It wasn't mm -hmm. that he, you know, was a bad person. He always wanted to do good. And I mean, I, I feel like he really did love the Lord, but, you know, he was human and had some some flaws there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got, and I've always had high respect for Peter um, because I feel like he stands out as this disciple of faith. And he reminds me, I've actually, I'm fortunate because I've got a friend named Pete who is like, he seems to exhibit some of the same faith and some of the same things that I've seen and read in the Gospels into his own life. So I kind of look at my friend and I'm like, wow, like you exhibit this faith. That's amazing. So he gives me a visual sort of, of like who Peter is. But it's interesting, Mars, that you mentioned like Peter and Acts because in my opinion, I, I think of Peter in the Gospels as this amazing man. And then after the Gospels, Oh, are over and you move on out. to like yeah. the others like he peters out yeah. right, right like where do you go and i just think of like he, i see him as like the lesser paul which, <laughs> which is really sad yeah. Yeah. yeah well that's the nature of writing a third of the 
New Testament. You're just, you're remembered more. But I, yeah, Peter's dope. I like Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, like, in, in reading this lesson, I was trying to, like, the, the title caught me off guard immediately because we've been talking this whole quarter about the Great Controversy, and it doesn't seem like Peter fits into it at all. I mean, he, he had his ministry, and he, he was a, a disciple of Christ, but when it comes to the Great Controversy, that doesn't make sense to me. Did you guys have any trouble with that? Yeah, definitely. When you think, well, when I think of the Great Controversy, what immediately comes to mind in terms of like a Bible book in the Bible is Revelation. Mm -hmm. And to think of Peter, I really had to like pause and say, okay, maybe they're referring to like his whole journey with Christ and just like how his faith and how he grew and how he had that struggle between good and evil. But it really, I did wrestle with the, with the title. It was a little awkward for me. Oh well, yeah, it's not a connection that I think is made regularly for you on a day-to-day -day basis, <laughs> but like, it's there. But something that comes to mind is, um, is him, is Christ saying he would die and, and Peter being like, not so, Lord, and him being like, get behind me, Satan, that's, that's Satan talking, that you, you don't know what you're saying right now. That is very much of the great controversy, like this, 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 yeah. this idea that principalities is powers behind the scenes is what the problem is, what the controversy actually is. We're not fighting with each other. And so you see him and Jesus kind of like have a disagreement, but he's like, nah, that's not, that's not of God. And I, I agree with what you're saying. I, not that I didn't have a problem with the title, but I was able to see how some of those parallels do exist in between Peter and his experiences and what he tries to do to kind of uh, like warn us not to have those things happen to us. Like he was able to go through through so much and you, like Mars was saying, you know, there's some in between, you know. Sometimes he'll say one thing and he's so sure of it and then two seconds later, it's completely different. And so that's able to show you that there are other things going on at a deeper level. I think, oh, I'm sorry, based, yeah. based on that, I think he's able to give like really organic and genuine advice. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, exactly. like there's a lion roaring around seeking to destroy mm -hmm. you, like, cause he knows, like he feels that, that force. So based on those experiences, he's like, hey, I've been there. And don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> and this is like what you should do. So I think it like really resonates with me. And that's what I think is powerful because we have some of the stories that he's been there for and I feel like he sees and, and he grasped, not at first, but he grasped the whole global context of what was happening to where at first, like the disciples and him included, they didn't understand what Christ's ministry was. And then I feel like as he grew in the faith, as he understood, you know, more, like he, it kind of clicked and he got the fact that it wasn't just some temporal thing. It wasn't just, you know, some kingdom here on earth, but like it was a bigger picture as far as Christ and our role as well. And I love the illustrations that he comes up with because, I mean, the roaring lion thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Someone told me about lions because I don't have a lot of experience with lions. Uh, <laughs> but it, it talks about a roaring lion. And someone explained to me that, like, they went to, I don't know, a safari or something like that. And at night they heard lions kind of walking around the perimeter or whatever, roaring. And the idea was kind of like, you got so comfortable with the lion roaring that you kind of forgot oh, that it was like you, you got you heard it, yeah. but then it became less and less of a threat as you got comfortable huh. with it. 
and they kind of explain this verse as in like, like Satan's always there. He's always kind of letting you know he's there so that you get comfortable with him mm. and you don't see him as, as a threat. And then you let down your guard and that's when he pounces. Wow. A little yeah, bit of a lesson Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't learn it the hard way. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I think it's the best way to, to learn that. Way. Yeah, hopefully your friends didn't learn the hard right. way. I think everyone's <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, so there's a verse that, that our lesson uh, reflects on, and it's 1 Peter 1, 19 to 20. Actually, I am wrong. It's 1 Peter 2. I got that all wrong. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. Does one of you want to read it? Uh, I can read it. First Peter 2, 9, 10, and 20? No, 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 9 and 10. Oh, 9 and 10. I totally Sorry. ruined it. <laughs> all right. Um, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And that one was interesting to me because I never realized that that really reflected back to Exodus with, mm -hmm. you know, the, the children of Israel and their whole ordeal and their turmoil. Um, did you see, have you in your studying, have you ever understood kind of like any of the comparisons or the parallels between uh, the Israelites in Exodus and sort of our journey and, and the great controversy? Yeah, to me, I'm kind of reading through um, following the church's Belief is Prophets um, Bible reading guide. And so we're going through the first few books of the Bible and reading the story of the children of Israel is so frustrating because they're so hard-headed and they forget like God will do something before a miracle in the next chapter, literally the next chapter they're complaining. And whining like where is God you know they for, they've forgotten everything that he did for them but then I had to pause and say okay wait a minute Juan. <laughs> I guess I kind of do the same thing like you pray um, I pray and God comes through or he gives an answer and then something else will come up and I'm worried and I'm anxious oh my god where are you you know where show yourself like help me out here and I'm like okay I guess I'm just as bad as the Israelites I was like pointing my finger at um, so to me that's the parallel you know God continually shows himself to us and he continually he always showed himself and guided his people and children of Israel but we forget on our journey and I I'm with you because I would I'd read their story and I'm like, man, you guys just don't get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they're so frustrating. I was always really comforted by that though. Um, just God's dealing with someone and being like, no, you're still, I still, I'm so sick of you right now, but I'm still going to keep trying with you. And then literally you'll see like a chapter where he'll just be like, these are all the things I have against you. I'm so tired of all this stuff, but I can't let you go. I wish I could leave you, but I can't. Like he'll say this over and over and over again through all the prophets. Ever, all of them, all, that's, this is everything he says to the prophets basically is, I'm tired of you, but <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Let's, I, at some point, I'm going to bring you all back. And that's always comforted me, not only for me personally, but just for the world in general, just thinking like, we're still his people. Like he still intends to, to save us. And it gives us hope because the way we were able to see um, with them, yeah, you know, we'll we'll uh, start complaining and, and have our problems with him and he might get a little bit, his patience will be tested, but he is always 
there and he the love that he has for us will not let him let go of us and he will oh, will we have that hope that he will help us through the way he did with them and 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 we're able to see that because of what we have here you know and i was looking at it because the thing that stands out to me about exodus and i i love the whole book because i feel like it's it's amazing like god shows up in a powerful way but that's like the God side. And then you see the human side and you see all the ways that they don't show up and that they, they fail. And, and I love what you said, Mars, where like God keeps coming back. But to me, when I think of Exodus, I think of them wandering around for 40 years, oh, yeah. like yeah. not reaching their goal, just, just kind of going in circles. And it made me think like, how have we kind of been in the same posi position? Hmm. Because you know, we're waiting for the second coming. We're waiting for, like, the promised land that's been promised to us. We're, we're looking forward to it, but we're not there yet. And weren't the ones who wandered for 40 years, they died off, right? It was, like, the next generation. So they didn't even get to see, you know, it was almost like their punishment um, for not putting their, for not obeying um, I don't know, like just the whole Israelite story is just so, it's frustrating. I know I keep saying that, but it's like, oh my goodness. Like every time I read it, it's just like, but it, again, it's the mercy that you see with God that you mentioned before and the hope that he won't give up on us. Absolutely. Are we still talking about Peter? Or, or did we just kind of get off track there a little We're bit? A little bit off track. But, but it correlates. But how we got from Peter to Exodus is that Peter, Peter has this verse that we read, which which goes back to and kind of throws back to um, the verse found in Exodus. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we got back to that. But, you know, we can get back to Peter. <laughs> what would you like to talk about? Peter? <laughs> I mean, I just, what, what always stands out to me about Peter is, um, and unfortunately, it is, it's two things for me. Um, it's going to be pride, I feel, especially when we were talking about the walking on water. And then... Um, I kind of maybe and that is also tied in with like the pressure from others. Um, and I know in the Sabbath school, they were talking about peer pressure and how that is always there to kind of tempt us to kind of look away. Um, when he was walking on water, he was so focused for those moments that he was walking. He was completely focused on Jesus. And then for that one split second, he kind of, you know, feels a little bit good about himself, turns around to the to those on the boat, you know, saying like, check me out, look what's happening, guys. And then that in that split second is when, you know, he loses that connection. He starts going under. Um, and then I feel I feel like we are we are very susceptible to that. I, I want to say just in this generation in terms of peer pressure, because we can be so so like well associated with the things of the church and we can be having that you know daily uh, walk with God and then for that one split second we have that moment of peer pressure something in us says you know we got this we don't we don't need anything to be able to to keep going with our work or our social lives whatever the cause may be and in that split second we start going under and that for me it, it sparked, it, it's every time that he has one of these experiences, it sparks something in him and he is able to kind of learn from it, grow from it, and then kind of like, he'll maybe forget it a little bit and then do it again. But all of these like 
like recurring things like over and over again are what makes it so good to be able to just hear what he has to say because he experienced so many things firsthand. We were able to see how all of those things played a role in making him who he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like he's an example of, you know, he made his mistakes, but he's kind of learned. And we see in mm -hmm. First and Second Peter that we see some of his, his wisdom that he's sharing. And I even, uh, looking at um, 1 Peter 2, 13 through like 15, you're talking about the pride and you're talking about how he, who he was, you know, when, when he was a disciple. But even in 13 through 15, like he's referring to, you know, submit yourselves to the people that are rulers. Like, and it's, it's not even like, hey, if they're Christian, if they're doing what's right, you're supposed to, to submit yourselves. But it's like, you're supposed to submit yourselves to the people that are in charge. And by being an example to others, like you're showing the love of God. You're showing them who God is and what, what God calls us to do. So I feel like he's, you know, like, I, I almost feel like in the, the Gospels, he's this immature Christian who's learning. <laughs> and What's really cool about what you're saying right now is that in that same chapter in Second Peter, um, he'll, he'll lead up to that mm -hmm. by building on, like, a Christian experience, being like, it starts with faith, then add to your faith virtue, then add to virtue this, and it'll keep going, leading up to love, which is God, essentially, and then gets into, okay, now you're ready to go somewhere else with me for a second. Um, submit yourself to authority. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, he's all about this process that it was so clearly something he went through, you just, just described. And he's really about, like, don't skip any of the steps. You have to, you have to grow. It's okay to start out here and like you knowing you're going to end up over there. Which I think is pretty amazing. I mean, to, to have come to that point where you've got that much wisdom about, I, I mean, I feel like he's pretty humble. I mean, he's writing about it, but he's, he's kind of <laughs> learned his lesson. <laughs> no, it's not I a showy still, writing. I still see the humility in that. Yeah, it's to help us. boastful yeah. about it. Yeah, it is more of a warning. Which to me, I think it's fascinating because we get caught up in as far as like the great controversy, controversy, tying this to the great controversy, which I don't think that he was specifically trying to write all about some sort of great controversy. But I feel like, you know, we get caught up in focusing on, you know, new heaven and new earth and, and the events of the last days and things like that. And I love that Peter is like, he has a very grounded view of like, this is how you're supposed to live your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's an aspect of living in the future, but there's an aspect of living in the present and in the moment as well. So, with, <laughs> I'm glad you guys agree. Like, agree. Yeah. It's just what you said was so Check. good. It, it was, was like, just, yes. It was nothing more. Nothing more to add. Yeah. Just need a pulpit and I'm good. Right. <laughs> the appeal. That's what, <laughs> the appeal. That's, that's what I was missing. Yeah. Well, no, I, so I guess my question is, like, taking Peter, taking, you know, where we stand in the, the great controversy and all that stuff, Taking even going back to, although Gina's going to not like this, going back to Exodus, <laughs> have we made it? Like, I, I feel like we kind of, we look at our lifestyle, we look at the things we've learned, and we, we think, all right, we're there. But at the same time, like, we're not there. And I feel like we're kind of like the Israelites who are wandering around. I think um, even having or entertaining the notion that there's a there to get to, 
can be kind of dangerous um, because it's a process and kind of like what you were talking about earlier, like, you know, building, you know, con continually building. And every time you go to scripture, because he even talks about paying attention to scripture and studying scripture and living the Christian lifestyle, it's like a day-to-day -day, um, building on this life. And then you're always building and you're always wanting to learn more from God and wanting to know him better. So I think, and it almost, if you're, if there's a goal in mind, it should be to continually grow, you know, like not to like get to a specific point, but to like keep walking on the journey. That's the goal. That's the there that you need to get to, like being patient in the process. And I think it, it doesn't really matter who you are. I, I don't know why I thought this, but it doesn't really matter who you are and where exactly you are. I think about it like as a graph. I'm, I'm, I'm good with math. Um, and so, so long as you're going up, it doesn't matter if you're going up for like, and you're at the bottom and you're going up, or if you're like at the top going up, um, so long as you are going up and that connection is getting stronger every day, you're, you know, you're, you're surrendering yourself and you're having that relationship with God. Um, so long as you're going up, that's what, that's what matters here. Mm -hmm. It's not if, you know, you are the head of the church or you're the first elder, you know, it, 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 it's more down to an individual level. And so long as you are seeking that and you're not just stagnant, you're not like right. plateauing and you're continually growing and you're making that decision to go somewhere, mm -hmm. not just stay there. So I would ask you though, and, and maybe I'll challenge you, what is up? Because I would think my first thought would be in order to keep going up, you're having this this terrific relationship and you're doing everything that you're supposed to do and you know you're being the ideal perfect person but at the same time like let's be honest genuine people they have their problems they mm -hmm. they get into their arguments they they make their mistakes all that stuff and I feel like you know that constant up just isn't real am I wrong no, and I don't, okay, maybe up was, up was more for the graph. <laughs> yeah, and in my mind, I saw a slope, it's too. More like, it's more like moving forward and, and um, just seeking to, to make that decision every day to not be perfect. Nobody's perfect. No one's asking you, you know, you need to be perfect every day. Um, but the fact that you're trying, you are, you are aware that you are not enough, that you need God, you need God to, to turn you into the person he wants you to be. And only with him can you be perfect, can you walk on water like Peter did. Um, and and you're, you're constantly moving to the direction where you can fully trust him and you don't rely on just yourself. So not up and not perfect, but moving forward is, is my... Being fruitful is how Peter <laughs> okay. will put it. Okay. It's after, right after he says, add to, he'll list a bunch of things that, and he'll end with love. He'll be, he says um, in, uh, I mean, Second Peter 1, verse 8, for if these things, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he ha was cleansed of his old sins. Um, and so I think being fruitful, um, which when you really think about where that term comes from, there are seasons. Um, and so there's, a, there's, and there's rest, there's Sabbath. There's a time to, to not bear fruit and there's a time to, to bear fruit. There's a time to reap, there's a time to sow. And so 
It's not a Ecclesiastes. It's a (laughs) yeah. I'm going. I'm going all over the place. But it's it's a it's a. What am I trying to say here? Cycle. It's a cycle. Um, It's not necessarily just a. In 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 relation to God, because this is what I was saying about still on that graph. In relation to God, um, He's infinite. So anything finite is zero. Like anything finite does not exist really in the face of infinite. And so we're all at the bottom, always, with God. You can never really get to the top. There's just always more of him. And I think when you commit yourself to God and you commit to the Christian walk, you should understand, and just by reading the scriptures, that there will be times when you mess up. You know, there will be times when you fall. And it's best not to beat yourself up. So maybe instead of like an up, there is like peaks and valleys, but as you're still moving, it's still, you're moving forward. So maybe, and now I'm thinking about like a road. I know you're thinking about like, like I'm thinking about a road and I'm thinking about me and my clumsy self. I trip like all the time. I just happen to trip. So as you're walking, you trip, but it's okay. You just like regroup and keep walking. You know, like you just have to keep that in mind. When I feel, because I've messed up many times, I have tripped many times, um, <laughs> both figuratively and literally. But my thought is like, and, and what I remind myself is that there are opportunities like that to learn. And those opportunities where I make a mistake, hopefully I look at that and I think, all right, so this is where I tripped. Like my shoelaces were untied, next time tie them. <laughs> or, which believe it or not, is a big problem for me sometimes. Um, or don't walk in tax at the right. same time. <laughs> but, but my thought is like, it's, it's not a matter of like always being perfect, but it's taking those opportunities and learning from them. Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, Peter and his walking on water, you know, stood, stands out to us. And I would imagine that that would stand out mm-hmm. to him. I mean, who else has done that? So I would think like he would look at that, probably feel horrible about how he doubted, but then also that would be a constant memory of his that, that reminds him. It would be a mind, ab- absolutely. I'd be yeah. waiting every day like, man, I, I want to get back in that water. <laughs> I want to get back in that water. That's that's what honestly what upsets me most about this the, that story is that when he falls, he doesn't look back and be like, "Redeem." Oh, himself. I can. Oh, I understand <laughs> now. I I was supposed to focus on you, mm-hmm. but I mean, he, oh, he learned in the grand scheme of things. So you're de- that, that's pretty deep though because I've never thought of that like in the like moment. to regroup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm absolutely with you. Like to walk on water would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's on my future bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm going to do it one day. Right. <laughs> All right, so last thoughts on Peter really quickly. Any last thoughts on Peter and the controversy? I'm, I'm thankful to him. Um, his, his experiences that he had we're, were able to, you know, see and, and understand a little bit more about him and the things that he went through. I, I really appreciated this lesson. <laughs> Uh, I would just say, read Second uh, Peter for real. That's, I mean, read First Peter too. But Second Peter, where you, where he's breaking down, like add to your faith. Start with faith and go to virtue, then knowledge. Then he really lays out a really practical. As you said, it's very practical. Um, he knows. He's very down to earth. Quick thought. Yeah, I always appreciate it when people share the lessons that they learned through their faith walk. So that's why I really enjoy Peter's work. I agree. 
Well, we're out of time. If you want to check out other videos or visit our site, it's www.sabbathschoolu.org. And Gina was the one that wrote this on the board, <laughs> so um, we want to thank her.